morning. Wow, no response. Good morning. Hey, the Lord's blessings be with you all. Today our text is coming from Isaiah, uh, chapter 7, verse 10 and 14. So to just kind of give us the context of our reading today, Israel had 12 tribes. So think of it like 12 states. And then the 12 states got in a fight. So 10 of them became the northern kingdom. And then two of them became the southern kingdom. So think of it like an American Civil War. We had the north and the south in the fight. Israel had the same exact situation. And in this struggle, the southern kingdom in Israel had a king named Ahaz. And Ahaz worshipped not the God of Israel or our God, but he worshipped false gods. He was so immoral. He was so anti-God that there was the worship that they were doing was not the worship that we giving, but rather worship to the things that are made by men. Just imagine the worship of wood or to worship like a, 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 a metal, to worship the Christmas tree or to worship anything but other than God. Not only that, it was not, he was, there was, they, they had a sacrifice process that was sacrificing children. That's how evil King Ahaz was as he was leading the southern kingdom. And as a result of this barbaric leadership, as a result of this dangerous leadership, what had happened was God refused to protect the southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom became partners with this country called Assyria. And the whole army of Assyria in the northern kingdom came to attack Judea or the southern kingdom. And upon their arrival, the war was overwhelming. The south couldn't protect themselves. Guess how many thousand people died? Somebody just shoot a number. Okay, thousands. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, guess what? All of you guess the uh, numbers. Some of them include staff. Let me give you the number. 100,000 people died. And then what makes it even worse is this. 200,000 people were taken captives. Children and mothers were sent took back to Assyria to be slaves. That's how disastrous was the leadership of Assyria, the leadership of Ahaz. And in the process, because of their sinful behaviors, they danger the nation. But God is so merciful, upon the second attack, God promised to protect them. Even though Ahaz, the king, did not change his behavior, God showed mercy to Judea. As he was showing mercy, this is what happened. That's what, I'm gonna we, that's what we're going to talk about today. King Ahaz, in his throne, sitting in his throne, he was approached by the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah said, hey, God is telling you this. Regardless of how sinful you are and how, re how, how, much, how much problem you're causing for this nation, how much children you're sacrificing, 
how much people died because of your failure and because of your sinful, ask me for, for a sign that I will be protecting you. But Ahaz does not believe in God. So he said, I'm not going to ask for a sign. I'm not going to ask for a sign. I don't think he's going to give me a sign. By the way, that was a norm in Israel. If you read the book of Judges, there was a man named Gideon. When Gideon was asked to go to war, he asked for a sign and God gave him a sign. So he went with a lot of And that's when we read Isaiah 7. But God, in order to comfort his people, he still gave them a sign. This is what Betty read for us. Listen to this carefully. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, this is through Isaiah, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as shoal and high as heaven. So here's what he's telling them. Ask anything from all the way from the heavens, all the way below to shoal, to, 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 to the bottom of the earth. Ask anything. You can ask literally anything. I'll prove it to you that I will protect this people. So you can put your trust in me that will protect your people. Refused. But God did not refuse to give people his sign. The reason why is this. Okay, hold this. This is very important part of our message. The reason why people gave sign, God gave sign to his people is people are anxious because they don't know where God, whether God is with them or not. How many of you ever felt, you don't have to raise your hands, but deep in your heart, how many of you always sometimes feel like, is God with me or not? Is he here to comfort me or not? Is he going to be with my children or not? How many of you have ever struggled and doubted if God is with you? Because sometimes if we win, if we get a good job, if we get a good grades, if we have good friends, if we have successful marriage, successful children, we're like, God is with me. Amen. But then sometimes sickness comes, disease comes, divorce comes, children get sick, children die, family members die, job get lost, we get approached with the scariest thing in the world, then we question if God is with us. So Israel was struggling with that. I know many of you today are either in a place of God is with me. Or in a place of like, is God with me? But before I jump in, can you repeat these words after me, please? Ready? Say, God is with us. One more time. God is with us. All right. So let's prove this. Here's what the letter is saying. The prophecy was describing this concept for us. He said, behold, he said, behold, All right? He said, behold, a virgin will give birth, and his name will be Emmanuel. This was a sign that God was giving to Israel so they could be sure that God will always be with them. Because they keep doubting, that they keep struggling with that faith. Here's the first. Isaiah came to Ahaz, and Ahaz refused for a sign. Second, God gave 
the people of Israel a sign because they were under a lot of distress not knowing whether God is with them or not. But here's what happened. God promised them this child. His name will going to be Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. So I'll say Emmanuel, and we all say God is with us. All right, let's do this. I'll say Emmanuel, we say God's with us. All right, one, two, three. Emmanuel. One more time, y'all, super loud. Emmanuel. God is with us. So in this, Isaiah promised the whole entire Israel, God will give you a child. He will be birthed out of a virgin. He's not going to be born out of a man. But he will supernaturally be placed in the womb of a mother. And then he will be birthed after nine months. And upon his arrival, Israel will find a clear assurance that God is with us. And upon his birth, angels will sing and shepherds will hear. And the lords of the Lord will be in the midst of his people. He's not going to be far away, but rather close. So in this promise, Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, promised that God will show up in person. So I'll talk about three things and we'll finish with it. One is this, the curse of man does not apply to Jesus. Can you repeat this one more time with me? Say, the curse of man does not apply to Jesus. You see, we were born naturally to die. Regardless how long we're going to live, either 100 or 10, all of us one day will die. At that day of our birth, everybody knew one day we're going to get old and die. But when Jesus was born, that was not applicable to him. He was not doomed to death. He was perfect man and perfect God. He was born not from the will of men. He was not born by a man and woman coming together. He was born by the will of God. So the day he was born, death was not applicable to him. So the fact that he died is amazing because he did not deserve to die. Second. The only way for God to be literally with us is through a virgin giving birth. The only way God could be with us is for him to be fully human and fully God. So your God understands your pain. Your God understands your tears. Your God understands your distress. Your God understands your sickness. Your God understands your pain. But at the same time, he can win over death. Amen? At the same time, God can win over death. Third, God reversed the curse. God assured his presence. God calls us his own. Would you repeat this with me too? Say, God reverse the curse. Oh man, I'm not hearing some of you. Come on now, help me. One more time. Say, God reverse the curse. God assures his presence. God calls us his own. And friends, listen to this. That's why we sing, joy to the world, the Lord has come. 
Let us receive the King. That's why we sing that song. That's why we sing the song of Christmas. That's why we sing the glorious songs of the church for years and years. And we say, because God came to be our God. He dwells in the midst of us. So let no one fear the absence of God. Let no one doubt the absence of God. Let no one doubt God's presence. God is always with us. Don't ever go in life questioning if God is with you or not. Every time you question that question, say this word, Emmanuel. What does that mean, everybody? What does that mean? God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. So every time you doubt, every time you are in a hospital, every time you are at the verge of death, every time you experience pain, every time you experience worry, every time you experience doubt, say those words loud and say, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with me. He's not only with me because I'm doing well. God is with me even when I'm not doing well. I'll say God is with me even when I'm struggling. In the day of my tears are coming out of my face, I will say God is with me. He never abandons me. He assures me. It is not based on my circumstances that God will be with me. God will always be with me. For he is in love with me. In love with you. So rest assured, leave these doors today. And when you come to this table, when, we, when Pastor Josh puts a blessing over your head, and when you're receiving the body and the blood, know this, God is with you. God is yours. And no one, no one can separate you from the love of God in Christ. So for this, in Romans chapter 5, the scripture ends it in a way that was so fascinating. He says, therefore... Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men. Because Adam sinned, because of Adam, everybody became sinner. Everybody deserved death. But he says, but through one man, through one man, righteousness came, and that is Jesus Christ. If you have the seed of the Son of God, you're meant to live. And you will rise from the dead. And that is the gift of God. For the people of God to taste and see. So next week is Christmas, right? Next week is Christmas. So we're going to have two services. One on Saturday night and one on Sunday morning. And on Saturday night, we'll be anticipating the birth of Jesus. Even though it happened, we'll be anticipating that celebration. And the next morning, we'll come together. We will be celebrating the birth of our Savior. And when we sing, I'm going to count in each one of you to sing super loud, not worrying about the people around you, but to, loud, to sing so loud and say, Jesus, you are Emmanuel. And that means God is with us. So God is with you. That's why Ahaz refused to believe that. And he lived all his life in doubt and shame and worry. But the Israel that believes in this always lived in a place of rest and in a place of assurance, in a place of belief that despite of the circumstances, Israel. One, one fun fact though, when Isaiah prophesies this, he says, y'all, all this distress will stop. God will send himself, he, he, will, he will bring himself to us. In the midst of distress, Isaiah's wife got pregnant. And then they had a child. 
guess what the child's name is? Oh, well, you would think so. That would be a cool name. But here's what they named him. Mahar Sahal Hajbaz. That's his name. I know, I'm not kidding. Good Isaiah, read it. That's the son of Isaiah. How lame is Isaiah though? His name is Isaiah. And he named his kid Mahar Sahal Hajbaz. My mom, sometimes when I was a kid, She'll be reading a scripture and then sometimes she's like, I'm going to ask you this question. And if you answer it, I'll give you 10 like 10 nafa, like that's the, the air chain currency. And I'm like, yeah, what's the question? Ask me anything from the Bible. She's like, what's Isaiah's son name? I'm like, oh, wow. I can't memorize that name. So I might give out $10 today, y'all, if you memorize this name. One more thing. Let me get ready. Mahar Sahal Hasbaz. That was his name. But let me tell you what it means. It means quick to the plunder, swift to the spoil. That's what it means. Quick to the plunder and swift to the spoil. That God's rescue will come. God's rescue will show up. God will rescue us. God will be with us. And his name will be Emmanuel. So scar it in your heart. Write it down in your soul. And remember this. When the days get tough, when the days get really rough, when you're really questioning if God is with you or not, remember the word Emmanuel. God is with us. Right, you want us to do this one more time? I'll say Emmanuel. We say God's with us. Emmanuel. Oh, Hayward can't hear you, man. Hayward can't hear you. Emmanuel. One more time. Emmanuel. Amen. God is with us, my brothers and sisters. God is with you. You're not forgotten, not abandoned. You're not a number, but to God, you are you. Because he is with you and he will never depart you. Remember what, how Romans chapter 8 ended? He says, who could separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Nor death or angels, powers or authorities. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. May this true message of the gospel preserve us all in the true faith to life everlasting. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, living God. Amen.